Lights. Camera. James Bond has always had some incredibly huge issues with the drinking and the ladies and the cars. Let me tell you something. You don't treat cars that way, okay? You don't fucking set up cars so you can do oil slicks and the whatnots. I have problems with all of this. So what I'm hearing is jealousy. Well, yeah, I want to fucking ask some more, man. Fuck James Bond, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Went there. <laughs> Went there. <laughs> that is the voice you just heard. Of course, Rick Woo! Acevedo, the best co-host I could ever ask for. Thank you. And of course, it's me, Jonathan Gondwan. If you're looking at this visually, I got my snazzy bow tie on. Which you also turns into a ninja outfit because the like the sweater is tight enough to where he could be like a ninja with like the oh, with the gadgets, like the, you know, like with the watch and and stuff like that, and you know, the band, everything. Just everything. Now, I do working. look really good in a suit, but at the time we're recording this, I am, um, I'm too angry to wear a suit, uh, so I just won't. Um, and, and I haven't told Rick this yet, but it's snow today where I am, and oh. just, I just can't, I can't deal with it. I am not James Bond myself. I cannot ski uh, down the Alps while uh, fighting off. Uh, uh, some other now are you are you like in a hilly area are you in a i can't do that i don't like the cold i know i know you're in the cold but but are you in a hilly area or are you in a flat area because like skiing in a flat area is a lot safer i mean it's not as fun and it's not as like james bond e but you know it can work i am in a mountainous region like so i have a lot of hills so Uh, you got a lot my driveway is a literal like hill my driveway literally goes at like uh, a 90 degree angle. Nice. Like, <laughs> so when it snows, uh, there are some days where I just don't go out uh, because it's snowing too much and I can't get my car in and out because uh, like James Bond, I like driving sports cars and uh, sports cars do not do well with very hilly areas and a lot of snow. Uh, I don't think I anything does well except for unless it's like a combine or something with like a hilly area and snow. You know what I mean? I'm- <laughs> it's like one of those just things. Just put that up there. But Claire's not the yeah, best. So yeah, that, you know. Days, I'm just like, well, it's an inside gang. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. I'm going to create my own skis and not do anything with them. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're doing this week on Cinematic, we are talking about James Bond, of that's, course. Amen. Uh, yeah, and I think it's kind of, a, a, a kind of appropriate because James Bond's main enemies in a lot of James Bond films are usually Russian in some way or ex-Soviet in some other way, so it, it kind of feels topical. Uh. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, and um, we never, and we've never done this, and I and I will obviously speak for myself, but, you know, I'm sure, Jonathan, you probably feel this way, too. Our hearts and, you know, and prayers go out to the people of Ukraine, and, you know, we wish for the best. It's a very difficult time, so, you know, but let's get back to what we're talking about we want to try to bring something positive and fun in the midst of a crazy crazy world that we're living in yep and i uh agree the sentiment with rick of course and i think i do all war and oppression i'm a very anti-war person so no matter where it is in the world um and i'm not the one who curses but fuck everyone 
who wages war. Period. Yeah, and one hundred percent fuck Putin. And I'm sorry. Uh, I, again, I'm trying not to get political, and I will not. I promise. But fuck Putin. Putin. If you know, if you ever listen to Sin Magic, go fuck yourself, you stupid Napoleonic little bitch. Okay, see, let's get started. See, see, I just want to say something about Putin, though, right? Because Mike and I, Mike is of course our sound producer here at Chastellian Productions. Great guy. Uh, I said sound producer, sound engineer. Sound, sound guy. Yeah, sound Superman. Sound, guy. sound Superman. Deal, right? He's our sound uh, bond. He's our sound bond. <laughs> he's our sound bond. Uh, he's really good at it. He's, he's amazing. So shout out. To I Mike. guess he would be like our Q kind of. You know, he's kind of like Q. Oh, he is our Q. He is sort of our yeah. Q. He can do some weird shit with like everything. Yeah. It's like yeah. he can build a smoker out of a out of a burning car. And yeah. somehow make it work. It's like, wait a second, that car was burning a minute ago. Yeah, it turned it into a smoker. Yeah, and he can also uh, star in uh, um, Snow White and the Seven Doors. And so, <laughs> which, which is not PC, and I stand for Peter Dinklage about that. But one thing about Pete that Mike and I share is that Mike and I have talked about fighting bears before, okay? But Mike and I know that we would not go unscathed from fighting a bear. Unlike Putin, who's like no. Oh, and then and then Rick right. and then Rick would tell you with common sense that you wouldn't just not come out. Of, I, and I want to make this clear before we get into the topic of today's discussion. Not only would you not go unscathed from fighting a bear, you would not go anywhere from fighting a bear because it will fucking kill you. It is a bear. It's a literal bear. It will literally ga- gouge your insidey parts. Listen, I have never said I would survive the fight with the bear. I just said I think it you're implying it, John. I, just, I, I said I'm taking it with me. It, we're going down together. Like, I, all I said was I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm taking that bear down. I didn't say I'm surviving it. I said I'm taking that bear down one way or another. I mean, yeah, if basically that's still taking it down. Basically, if you jump from if you jump from a very high cliff and the bear decides because bears aren't like the smartest animal that it wants to jump out after you, then yeah, you're 100% taking it with you. But again, the general Ah, thought What if I eat a bunch of poison, right? And as it eats me, it gets poisoned from my poison body. It's dead. I've taken down the bear. Win for me. I mean... I never I, said I survive it. I, I, I think, I but again, you have to question the common sense of eating poison to take down a bear when you could just, you know, stay the hell away from a bear. Hey, man, as we're seeing in uh, the Lake Tahoe area, that big, uh, that big Hank Bear that's been breaking into people's houses, you never know where a bear's going to show up. So, you know, you got to be prepared. To take I that know, away. which is all the more reason why, you know, you get fucking reinforced windows. <laughs> I feel like this is, I feel like this is, this is definitely a, a, a major topic that we need to tackle at some point here, which is, you know, bear, um, bear etiquette, um, bear you necessities. Know who could take a bear? Who? James Bond. Um... I mean, it you know, it depends on who you want to believe. If you... <laughs> so has, has James Bond fought a bear in any of the James Bond movies? Um, no, James Bond once, and the, this supposedly happened uh, while while they were filming Octopussy in 1983 with uh, Roger Moore. <laughs> tiger came out. Uh, they were shooting in India. Apparently, they're like a tiger came out. 
and Roger Moore turns around. He wasn't aware that this tiger um, was, you know, it just just came out of nowhere. You know, he thought it was part of the film, and he just sort of looked at it, and I think said sit, and turned around, and the tiger was just chilling at that point. Didn't feel like killing anybody, so it just sat down. And I was like, um, that would that would be like it for me. I I would not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a person who loves cats, right? Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I mean, Power Rangers, man, White Ranger, Tiger Zord. I mean, it's just all right there. My love of tigers. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, I am I, not a tiger king. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I could beat up a bear. Yeah, they're making a new series. They're making a new series of Tiger King. Or no, it's already out, apparently. I didn't know this. Or it's going to be out on the Peacock. I was like, what? Um, huh. So yeah, but that's another... I'm, I'm, I'm also surprised that Netflix didn't do an interactive Tiger King story. Where, But I also understand because... What, the scratch and sniff? I thought about that. When, you know having sex with an animal so i can understand why they didn't have that be interactive that's the only way those storylines end uh, <laughs> i don't know but why I'm i pumped. can't talk about bond we're, we're, about we're gonna, okay so, so so here i'll, I'll lead us off because we've we've already spent the last nine minutes and we've only mentioned like nothing about bond it's like we, we are going to talk about Bond, people. So for, for those of you that aren't aware of uh, James Bond, and it, that would mean that you don't have a television or access to books or radio, um, James Bond is the uh, British super spy that was um, brought to life in the initially in the books by uh, Ian Fleming, who had based a lot of that on some of his experiences in the British Army during World War II and stuff like that. Of course, James Bond is not anywhere near... He, you know, he is an MI6 spy or MI5, whatever. One of the MIs. But James, James Bond, you know, is not a realistic depiction of, of, uh, of spy work or intelligence, but it is a lot of fun. And for those of us, you know, that have grown up, um, especially Jonathan, Jim, and me, being from the Caribbean, we... We were exposed to like a lot of um, a lot of television that was um, syndicated. So you know, we grew up watching Bond movies. Mm. And the first actual Bond movie that I ever watched was uh, Roger Moore's last Bond movie, which was the late Roger Moore's last Bond movie, which was um, what was it? It wasn't Never Say Never Again. That was done outside of the the scope, and that was with uh, Sean Connery. It was 1985. It was A View to a Kill. Mm -hmm. So I was six yep. years old when I watched A View to a Kill, and I became enamored by James Bond movies because, to quote Jonathan and things that he has said in the past about superhero movies, it's fantastical. It's, it is insane. Like, you, you see, every James Bond movie starts out usually the same way, and that is he's making love to a beautiful woman, all mm -hmm. right? And then, um, like, 20 bad, you know, bad people. Sometimes, you know, the woman. Sometimes it's, like, 20 different people of, like, all different places or whatever come at him one time. And he flies off of the side of a mountain. 
and you know he immediately um, opens up a parachute with like the Union Jack. It's like how much, <laughs> how 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 you know, this isn't low key. James Bond is like, he's like constantly giving the middle finger to everything. So as a character, to me, that's the one thing that made James Bond kind of cool. That the fact that he didn't seem to give a shit. But of course, I had a chance to watch like every single Bond movie, including the one where he gets married and his wife is murdered the same day on Her Majesty's Secret <laughs> Service. So James Bond is actually a character that that has, and they've done a better job of this, I think, with the with the more recent movies, right after Pierce Brosnan with Daniel Craig and stuff like that. And I hope that they continue with this to make James Bond a more like a character with more more depth, far more broody. Because if you look at the way the character was played, like Sean Connery was all about getting his. If you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. Sean Connery Which was all about getting that action. So I used to watch a lot of Bond movies with my dad. My dad was a Bond movie. Oh, film. same so here. So Sean Connery was, I don't know, like maybe his favorite Bond. So I saw a lot of the, the, the Sean Connery, Connery movies. It's weird. Very young age. And I can Be say that is very true. The first time I saw a, a naked woman in a film was um, Goldfinger, the woman that was um, killed. And, and it just dripped in uh, in gold paint, yeah. which when I saw her, I was like, I don't know why I had tingly emotions uh, for this woman who just was, you know, like the whole gold thing. It was it was iconic. You still think about it to this day. Um, with with Sean Connery, the thing about Sean Connery is it's weird. It, it's like he never seemed to age in uh, in James Bond, and and what. He starts in 1963. Then he quits right before um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Then he comes back and I think does one more film or two more films. And then it goes off to Roger Moore, who's James Bond for like 11 years. And he's like a more comedic type. Mm -hmm. And a different look because, you know, these were good looking dudes, right? But Sean Connery is like, he's, he's like more rough and kind of like the 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 bond that had been written in the description by um by by Ian Fleming where Sean Con where um, uh Roger Moore was you know blonde and had like more hair and stuff like that and he's more comedic and then right in between they do uh never say never again which was released the same year as Octopussy but was made by two, by a totally different company you know and it's about yeah. retiring bond and by then um Sean Connery was like 53 years old and you know if you compare them it's like Sean Connery looked like that guy that was you know he was gonna take the girl kick some serious ass like in the worst of ways where Roger Moore didn't really give you that vibe George Lazenby was only in one movie and poor guy he didn't actually know how to act. He wasn't an actor. He was a male model that they hired like three weeks before the film started shooting because they they like they lost Sean Connery. Sean Connery quit like I suppose like it was three weeks before or something like that. So they hired a guy that wasn't even and he's Australian on top of that. But um, Bond has a really interesting story also in terms of the people that they have actually 
thought of including to play the character in the past which to me is like mind-boggling that some of the people like Adam West for example was like someone that they thought could have played a good Bond I'm like no no no, sorry, I love Adam West, but no, he's Batman. Leave him. Leave yeah, him be. yeah, he's Batman. Um, Burt Reynolds, which I was like, how? How the hell? I, I love Burt Reynolds. A mustache bot. I lo- Yeah, but could you imagine him? Look, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that he was a terrible actor or anything, but I'm just gonna say, how could you imagine him doing a freaking British as Bond, James Bond? <laughs> Just Burst Reynolds was I. He doesn't have the suaveness for a Bond. No, he was. He was. He was a. He was an an American lead actor that did action films and was good doing that in the states. Mm. And I think that. And Adam West said this is like one of the reasons why I knew that I would never succeed as James Bond if I even thought about taking the part was the fact that I wasn't British and could not pretend to be British. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, good on you, Batman. I mean, terrible because career-wise, you could have probably done a lot better thereafter. You only get one film, right? You know, and. This whole thing with like the differing bonds, bonds um, and villains and stuff like that. I remember there was a movie called, there was a film called Casino Royale with uh, Peter Sellers and David Niven, which was like a comedy with various bonds, you know. Uh, and one of the villains was Orson Welles and stuff like that. And it was a, it was a comedy that was just spoofing Bond. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. There was also a black and white television uh, Bond where I don't know the guy that did it, but honestly, he looked like he was 12. So it's one of those things. And I, But I loved, the thing about that I loved about James Bond was the just the gadgets, for one. I mean, oh, yeah. What was, your favorite, what was your favorite gadget in a James Bond movie? So... So I, I grew up watching Sean, uh, like I said, Sean Connery. My right. dad just apparently loved Sean Connery Bond. Everybody. But for me, my Bond was Pierce Brosnan. That's just because when I was growing up, that's who was the current Bond. So right. my love of like watching James Bond movies with my dad, of course I've watched every James Bond movie that came out. So Pierce Brosnan is, was my Bond. So, but I'm going to say this. It's, um, uh, with that said, I think it's always, always the cars. And no matter what Bond I said, I love what they do to the cars. And I know you hated that, and that's not what they should no. do. But it was always about what cool thing will the car do next. And the stealth technology on a car is something that they're still working on right now in real life that he did. Actually, and I totally movie. agree with you. My favorite, my favorite cars were the Lotuses that they used for, uh, for Roger Moore. Like mm-hmm. the, the one that turns into a submarine. I mean, yeah, holy yeah. crap, when I saw that, I was like, I was freaking unbelievable. But I always also loved what they did with the watches because they always had some some badass watches like Rolexes, Omega, and they always yes. had something cool that they did with the watch. And I was trying to decide between those two, whether it's the watch or the cars, because I'm like, there's always something cool about a watch, but there's always something cool about a car. And I like crazy hype. Because for me, Bond is essentially a superhero film. 
like the crazy high-tech cars, like the crazy things like turning into a submarine or stealth yeah. mode or something that you're like, this is not realistic. Yeah, sure, it's a Bond film. None of this is realistic. So just give it it's, to It's me. not supposed to. It's not supposed to be. And I, and I think um, it's interesting you brought up Pierce Brosnan because Bond has a history of they'll think about a specific Bond during a specific time, but then it doesn't work out because on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I believe, they're originally thinking about Timothy Dalton for that, but he was like 24 years old. He was too young. So then Timothy Dalton came up and replaced Roger Moore. And then, and the only reason why Timothy Dalton came up was because they were originally supposed to sign Pierce Brosnan, who couldn't get out of his TV contract from Remington Steel, to, to, to actually do the two films that uh, Timothy Dalton did, which were um, Living Daylights and uh, License to Kill. It's, it's yep. funny to me, and I liked I liked um, Pierce Brosnan in there. I thought he did a good job of of playing it. But I know people give Pierce Brosnan a lot of crap for his role as James Bond, like his years. And I really think it's because of the uh, his later ones, like the Halle Berry one. Um, that was the last one. Wasn't Tomorrow it? Never Dies. No, no, no. Uh, that was Die Another Day. No, that's not Die Another yeah. Day, the one with uh, Madonna's. Highly song. criticized song. Yeah, I get to die another day. No, the techno remix. I did break dance to that song as, as a kid. I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna admit to that. So, uh, <laughs> it's highly dance. maligned, but I didn't think it was a terrible. I didn't think either. I didn't think it was either a terrible film or a terrible. You know, I think you got so many freaking purists that are like, you know, oh, this doesn't jive with, and I'm like. You know, I am Fleming died, and therefore, a lot of the stuff that comes out now isn't really even based on, you know, mm-hmm. it's got to be based on certain things that he wrote in. But if you're gonna keep making movies, you gotta change the formula. Like what yep. what was being done with Sean Connery, you know, throwing women on the bed and you know kissing them, and like I'm Sean Connery, I'm gonna kiss you. <laughs> oh, you're going to love it. I'm Sean Connery. I'm going to give you this Connery kiss. That shit, as cool as it was in the 60s when it was cool, we're in the year 2022. doesn't yeah. quite work that way. Mm-hmm. So you can't, like, people... You know, I didn't think he was a bad Bond at all. I liked his films. I saw all of them in theaters. Probably, you know, I'm sure you did too. It's like, you, you never missed a fucking film. And I'm like... When the first one came out, Goldeneye in '95, dude, I was, I would make it a point to see every magazine just so that I could look at the new Beamer that they were using. Which oh, was, yeah. <laughs> it was the seven. It was the seven series, the one that he like controls from the back. Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. And, yeah then, I remember that. and then, and then, um, see, you love the cards. I, you love dude, the cards. you can't not. You can't <laughs> not. And you know, to me. The difference, I think, between Brosnan and, 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 and probably Daniel Craig is that they, with Daniel Craig, they stripped it to where it was back to the Aston Martin, back, and they started actually digging a little bit, because in this last one, in this last Bond film, we've got all the time in the world. That's not the first time that's ever that song has ever been used in a, in a Bond film. It was used in, um, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And the entire plot of, you know, someone, spoiler alert, dying, possibly, 
which obviously he's not going to die, but you know, still, and and losing, uh, you know, and being lost his family or whatever is something that was already done in in I think it was '69 when Bond loses his wife Teresa because she's murdered mm-hmm. right after the wedding by Telly yeah. Savalas. I mean, you're lucky to make it to the wedding as a Bond. <laughs> Well, no, the first original girl always dies, and then he falls in love, and then you're just not seen or killed off screen, usually by the next one. No, this one, this one, this one, this one was really, like, this one was, I think, probably the most depressing, that one, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. The reason why people get have a tendency to hate it as much as they do is because they see her die, and, like, someone comes up to Bond, and he's so heartbroken by it, and he says... She's all right. She just needs some rest. She just needs some rest. And it just basically is over like that. And it is one of the most heartbreaking endings because it's like, God damn. <laughs> could you not, like, could, you know, come on, man. I, I and, and No, I agree with you 100% on, uh, on that one. That That's a good one. I haven't seen your on your Majesty's Secret Service for... A very long time. I've seen it, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. It's one of those um, hidden gems that you like. Yeah. You have to. First of all, you have to actually make an effort to find it, because it's not one of those Bond movies that like people will have the the Connery collection, or they'll have the Moore collection, or they'll have Timothy Dalton, or they have all this. But that's the one because it's the one that was just one with the one Bond that nobody remembers. Uh, poor George Lazenby, you know. Is yep. he still alive? No, I think he just passed away because he was on a Jim Jeffrey show that he had on FX. Because I remember that he played his father, and I remember them talking about him passing away in real life, George Lazenby. So I don't think he's alive anymore. Oh, I hear he was like the, a great dude. I'm, I'm gonna double check because I don't want to misspeak. But everybody's like gonna hit me up on Twitter to the Magic Podcast one. Uh, he did a lot of. Like, he did oh, a lot man. of. He did a lot of. He did a lot of uh, softcore after that. Not with him as a performer, but the Emmanuel series, which was, if you ever watched Showtime uh, at night, late, late at night during a Saturday, he was kind of like there. Yeah, he he's he's still alive. So I'm speaking wrong. Oh, he's still alive. Man, that's awesome. So that's that's me. I'm sorry. I'm so happy I'm, that I'm, he's still alive. I was alive. thinking of someone else. I I I am sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, so. I'm happy that he's alive. George Lazenby, if you're out there, would love to interview for the Cinematic Podcast. Um. <laughs> Because you're awesome. His last major acting credit besides Legit, which is the one I, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Jim Jeffers shows that said, was some documentaries, basically. That's the only thing he's been in. So, And we do documentaries. So, hey, what up, George Lazenby? Uh, George Lazenby, <laughs> we're here for you, brother. Uh, <laughs> got so, all the time. We've got, uh, got all the time in the world. Um, dun, dun, dun. But, I, man, I don't know, like, what I'm really most excited about is the fact that now there's a possibility that you could have either a female bond because they've they've thrown that around and i think that's awesome mm-hmm. possibly if and it I happens and and possible bond. and and the possible first black bond which i think man you know and i'm an Idris fan so if they do Idris, I'll be I'll be a huge fan of that because no, stop, stop stop right here. Let's have a bigger conversation. So 
when we originally pitched this, we were thinking about pitching who are next, like who we want to kind of round robin tournament style to be the next. Round, okay, I see yours. I see yours already. Yeah, yeah, no, but what what we both picked, our first both picked was Idris Elba. So we're like, oh well, that's just not fair. That the one that we both agreed on. <laughs> well, can I say? Elba. But can I can I say why I would pick Idris, and then you can say why you would pick Idris? Yeah. All right, so here's the reason why I pick Idris Elba. Characters that change over time, evolve over time, are captured by the level of essence that you can bring to that character. Mm -hmm. There's a level of cool. There's Mm -hmm. the looks. There's the ability to give you that emotion that the character would because case in point Nick Fury was always an older kind of middle aged white dude in cartoons Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you thought if I ever saw Nick Fury this is what I would see and so then when they tried that okay in in a um, in a David Hasselhoff, in a, they they brought in David Hasselhoff, and look, I don't hate David Hasselhoff, but he's he was nope. a shit Nick Fury. I'm sorry, he was not. Now, when they rebuilt the character, it is Samuel L. Jackson, and I defy and I challenge you to think about anyone other than Samuel L. Jackson playing that character. To be to be far, to be far. Uh, <laughs> That is a reading from the Ultimate Marvel Comics line, which redid Nick Fury to look exactly like Samuel L. Jackson. So he was based on Samuel L. Jackson. So when they brought it live action, they said, should we use the regular Marvel Nick Fury or the Ultimate Marvel Nick Fury? And who the hell would you have picked to play the regular Marvel Nick Fury? And what would you have, and, and how would that have looked? Even, let's say it's the greatest actor in the world. Could you see the regular Nick Fury in the white go-go boots and the blue outfit? I think no. not. Could you see no. David Hasselhoff with the eye patch? Like, you can't. It's, and, and I, let's talk about Kingpin. Mm-hmm. One of the best people to play Kingpin that doesn't get nearly enough credit because the movie was not that great on Daredevil was Michael Clark Duncan. And what yeah. was said about why Michael Clark Duncan was picked to play the Kingpin was quite simply this. He had the essence of the Kingpin. Oh, he 100%. could play the Kingpin to a T. Mm-hmm. So for me, Idris Elba is that dude. He's just like a cool dude. Like Even when he's a bad guy, you're like... Man, I fucking like this dude. I'm like cheering for him. Like I'm cheering for, for him and Hobbs and Shaw and Shaw. And I'm like, wait, what? He's supposed to be the bad guy. Oh, I loved him in Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I picked him too for Hobbs and Shaw. Because I was like, he could do action. We saw him do action in Hobbs and Shaw. Straight up. The dude can act. The dude can act. Let's yeah. he's got and, range. And we know he can act. So we know he can act. But that swagger, that coolness that you're talking about, Idris has. Because for James Bond. Like, you gotta wanna be James Bond, and your pants kinda gotta get hard from James Bond. Either wet, hard, whatever. But you kinda gotta feel it, right? You kinda, you kinda have this envy, like, man, I, oh, I wish I was James Bond, right? Either I wish I was James Bond, or I wish I was with James Bond. And this is not a gender thing, I don't care which one. Those are the two requirements. No, it James doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how you identify, you, you, you're gonna wanna be with James Bond, or you're gonna <laughs> wanna be James Bond. It doesn't matter. 
So even when Daniel Craig is looking out there in his soft blue eyes and giving those looks, you're like, hey, man, I get it, right? Like when you tie him up in a chair and he's getting his balls hit, you're like, hey, man, in another context, that could be cool. Right? So, <laughs> there's a definite sex appeal <laughs> that is going on here. Uh, Rick is just laughing. He can't hold himself. Uh, no, I can't. What the fuck? And, and he just, just has that in spades. He just, he oozes that swagger to the point that you're like, yeah. And usually you don't see James Bond as a young man. You see him as a more sophisticated and Idris is almost man. 50, so he's, he's yeah. about that age. But he's that age that is like the, he fits the strong kind of, like you could see him with the little, and then doing the gun and the blood coming down and you can just see that because you also gotta have class besides being like cool but you also have to have like it's cool class you know what i mean it's like it's 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 a it's you have to have this like air of sophistication around you that is still cool and sexy like you know that that and that's actually really hard to do i'm gonna say that that's really hard to do you can have people who can be sophisticated people who could be cool but pulling off both is kind of hard and that's why i agree with you 100 percent Idris has the age, he got the looks, he got the swag, got the sexiness, he got the sophistication. Yeah. He's, he's the only person, honestly, he's the only person out of everyone that's been suggested that I'm like, he would fucking nail it. Because I'm like, look, um, I love Venom, love Tom Hardy, but I don't think Tom Hardy would pull it off because he looks too young for one, and for another, he looks, he doesn't look like someone that would inspire me to think. Oh, you're gonna do some really cool shit with a watch, and get on a car in like a two second, like in a hot second. I, and I the sophistication is what I'm missing from Tom. Yeah, Holland. and but I'm also missing that from Tom Holland, who looks like he's 12. And I'm like, how <laughs> how does he get into the conversation? He's 12 years old. Yeah, and it's yeah, no, I love Spider Man, and he, and I love him in Spider Man, but I don't. He's not for Bond. Like mm. Bond is, an essence that I think is hard, very, very hard to, to, to capture. Um, I remember when, before they picked Daniel Craig, might have been, actually, no, it, it was before they picked um, Pierce Brosnan. Like, at that point in time, um, Liam Neeson had, was red hot off of Schindler's List and all this stuff. And I heard us talking about him being a possibility, and I was like, this guy wouldn't be a good Bond. And it's not that he's not a good actor. It's mm. not what's in question. He's too he's too icy. Yeah, like, he doesn't have that cool factor. He doesn't have that cool. Yeah, no, it, it's just an it he's great at the things that he does. Absolutely great. But those are different things. Where he's mm-hmm. either like the guy that's fighting crimes you know, from the bottom and being like the underdog, but you know, he's a big time underdog who just knows how to kick ass or Oscar Schindler or stuff like that. But again, he, it was, there was not that, that's, that's some shit that I didn't feel. At some point I heard that they had even mentioned Mel Gibson and I'm like, thank God you didn't go there. Um, (laughs) That'd have been a really bad James Bond. Yeah, I'll save everyone except the Jews. Like, oh, James Bond, what? (laughs) That's a, that's a really Are you thing. saying that I've got to save a Jew? Sorry, Q. This conversation is over. 
it's a, it's a really weird bond. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So it, it's, again, to, to me, Idris Elba, he's, he's like the guy that I'm like, man, I would love to see that guy do this. Love to see that guy do it. And, I, and you know, I, I have all the agreements here. So, but I said, all right, besides my number one pick and the person I think is great, who else would I like to see uh, as Bond? And because they went with uh, what they've done recently with Bond and Daniel Craig's era, which is very highly influenced from just where we are with movies, so they want to make all the Bonds very interconnected, where the Bonds before were loosely connected. Like, they were connected, but there mm -hmm. wasn't, like, this heavy thing on continuing. Like, it did not matter. Someone did not show up in the last film. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Totally different story. I'm still James um, Bond, and that's it. Still, still James Bond, that's it. But this one with Daniel Craig, you know, that'd be everyone from, you know, villains even, through storylines, through everything. He has to have now canonical, be family, and some kind all this stuff that they did not really explore before because they just didn't care to, right? So I feel like if we're going to take Bond and not do Idris Elba, then we're just going to have to shake it up and do something crazy. And so I started thinking about what movies have been Bond-like, right? So we got stuff like, obviously, The Bourne Identity that's come out, which has been kind of like that new one. But we also have what I think is for, and I'm going to say this, the millennial and Gen Z generation, Kingsman. I really enjoyed Kingsman. I actually didn't enjoy the prequel one that just came out. I think that one was the worst. I don't think anyone enjoyed that <laughs> yeah, at all. That, and I can tell that, you that right one. now, I enjoyed yeah. zero from that movie. It made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I, I honestly just watched it this past weekend because I haven't seen it. It hit HBO Max, and I was like, cool, I'm a big Kingsman you fan. Been, you would have been better off not watching it. I wish I would have just told you that. Yeah, no, 100%. It had none of the fun that Kingsman had, like none of it. And I was like, "What franchise?" Like, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't. It, didn't it was like fucking it was depressing. You yeah. Know. It would. So, but I thought of Kingsman, and I said I really enjoyed Kingsman, and I enjoyed the kind of craziest Kingsman brought. So I wanted that same youthful uh, energy that we got from the main character of Kingsman, and I was like, "Who could bring that?" And then I thought of, of course, my other favorite British actor over here. And if you're watching this, you can see John Boyega, right? John Boyega. Because good. I'm always going to say this about the Star Wars film. And I'm going to say this about The Last Jedi. It did Finn wrong so much. That's my biggest problem with The Last Jedi. Uh, Ryan Murphy had no clue what to do with Finn. Uh, he restarted his character, gave him nothing to do. And then The Rise of Skywalker compounded that. They did Finn dirty and wrong. They gave John Boyega nothing to do with that character, and it's so sad because he is charismatic and can bring a lot to. The well, and he's got range. He's got he's got a like a real youthful range and and a lot of stuff that he could do. And honestly, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I think that he was. They they just didn't do anything right by by the guy. They just didn't no. do anything right. And, and I've seen him in Detroit. I've seen him in Star Wars. Attack on the block and everything he does, he can bring all of those factors of James Bond that we said in a different youthful energy way. If that's where they wanted to go, be like, yo, let's make him youthful this time. Maybe a more, because we love doing prequels in Hollywood, maybe more starting off James Bond and kind of how wait, he Wait, 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 wait. Are you going this direction? Hold on. Hold on. It's coming. It's coming. Mm. Bond. James Bond, Bond Jr. Jr. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. so 
But I always think that she could do that. I really think that she could do that. You can have this James Bond. You give a start off from Naomi Harris's character who kind of played the new 007 in the latest James Bond, which, by the way, I'm completely okay. She is my second pick. Just keep going with her. I think she did a fantastic job. Give her her own movie. But uh, <laughs> if uh, they don't I, want I, to. I would definitely, definitely keep going with her. She's so gorgeous. Yeah, and I, I and I'm telling you, Rick, I, I was so prepared for that, that if you are watching, you're already going to see. I, I had the image prepared. I have her ready, right? Because uh, <laughs> I agree with both. I, I have her prepared. I agree with both. So I, I think first, give Nana Harris her own movie, let her so that she can do it. But if you're not going to do it, then cast John Bodega, give a youthful energy, show how a spy starts out and learns that kind of sophistication of it where a little more of a hot head. So I, I think do John Boyega. But that's if I can't get my dream choice, which is Idris Elba, always. But that's what I'm thinking, man, because as a person who did grow up with Jane Fonda Jr., I, I actually really love the show, Jane Fonda Jr. Theme song will always forever be stuck in my head, and I think it's the coolest. And so I think with a more younger-leaning Bond, if we want to move away from this continuity that they brought up, right? Because, and let me say this about, the only thing I didn't like about the Daniel Craig era was that. I think it, Bond gets a little more fun the little less serious it is, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like, I, I think Daniel, Bond Daniel is, Craig was dark. That like his Bond was just uh, there was a lot of darkness and there was a lot of broodiness um, there. But here's the thing that I've liked always about James Bond, and this is something that I think needs to be pointed out, and why it's such a good argument for making um, making, for example, Idris Elba or John Boyega or Naomi, any one of your bonds, uh, especially Naomi, if you want to really go with the continuity of it all. Um, my whole thing is James Bond as a character and as a you know, and and the films were always shot in very diverse international locales from India to. It wasn't always just England. There was a Cortina di Impezzo in Italy, the Caribbean. In fact, one of the, the the song for the first Bond film ever for Doctor No, the theme song was Three Blind Mice," mm -hmm. uh, which was done in you know it was it was Calypso. So, to me, that has always been a character that, although, you know, it's always been pretty much like you said, kind of a superhero and this uh, British spy or whatever. It always had the possibility to, as time evolves, really become much more diverse, and um, and I think it has a greater opportunity of doing that and then setting a standard that you know, while people talk about it, there's a necessity for something greater to happen that actually makes that, um, you know. An, an actual happening, an actual thing that happens on a consistent basis. And I think that, and maybe it's because as a kid watching it, you know, in Puerto Rico, sometimes uh, the Spanish dub, sometimes not, it was cool to listen to, to you know, uh, you know, Three Blind Mice. And it was a Calypso freaking song. And you see like, oh, there's the one where they're in... Um, in they're in a in a funeral in was a live and let die 
in Louisiana, like down in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they're in a and they're like and and you see like a voodoo priest and things like that happening. I don't know if it's was maybe it, you know I think it was Jaffet Koto I believe was the um, the villain of, in that, but I'm not 100 percent sure if it was Jaffet Koto or yeah it was Jaffet Koto. Um, and you know so you have you've always had a sort of introduction in um in james bond to more openness and more open-mindedness i think and even from the very early films like you know interracial relationships in james bond were not like something that you didn't see because they happen like look at you only live twice and look at um live and let die being two prime examples of that Mm. so it's something that as it progresses and it gets better it has the chance to do that and i think that's such a cool and unique area to really be in and you've got and the thing is you've got people that can play the character so it's not like you can say oh well yeah but no idris elva's cool as fuck that guy if if you're cheering for the bad guy in a movie with the rock and ryan reynolds and freaking uh jason statham it's because the bad guy is cool af Yep. So that's just how I feel about it, though. Yeah. Which, and another note, I do want another Hobbs and Shaw film. I do not care about the Fast and Furious movies, but I do want another Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> I don't agree there. But yeah, I think agreement. So those are just some picks that I think if they dramatically want a new direction, that will work. But I think we're both in agreement. From old Bonds that we are in love with. Like, I love old Bond movies. I love all the Bonds. Oh, yeah. I'm a Bond fan. Yeah. So I... You know, I, I think that, yeah, Idris Elba would be a cool new bomb. No one Harris, keep her being Bond. Freaking go something crazy. Do John Boyega. But, you know, keep making Bond films. Please make them fun. I'm tired of it being brooding. I really want my Bond films to be fun again. I want some cool gadgets. I want I want some cool cars. Like, I, I want some fun brought back in. I, I just do. I want some fun brought back in. I can't handle the dark anymore. Um, you know, and... and, and I feel so sad for Daniel Craig because I wish he could have like a swarmy, like, you know, cool tech car and like look how cool I am in my car moment that I really don't feel like he got to have because he always had to be brooding in all these films. The, the one oh. thing, the one thing that I will say about this, I will say about this is, um, I'm happy that Daniel Craig got the the uh, the Benoit Blanc. Uh, character because mm. that is some funny shit and I'm like yeah. I'm sure he's probably dying to do that yep so. well I mean famously he you know he had a lot of problems doing James Bond and wanted to quit a bunch of times mm-hmm. I mean but I get it they're not fun I watch them they're good but they're not fun I'm just gonna say they're not it's fun. a dark it's a dark direction um it's a, it's an unfortunately dark direction and the problem with a dark direction is like man when you take Jeffrey Wright's character and you kill like Jeffrey Wright's character of Felix god damn Jeffrey Wright you don't kill Jeffrey Wright he's like the he's like the guy you love the most in any movie he played yep. Scott man you killed off Felix you can't kill Felix yeah and it's like you forget that these are like fun action movies you know yeah. fun action spy thrillers like yeah you can have thrillers but the thriller doesn't mean dark part of it right no. like uh it's just it's so 
I I am I I am hoping the next Bond is not dark. I am gonna say that for myself personally. I hope it's not dark. I hope they 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 take back to having some good action and some fun with some cool gadgets, and, and let people kind of breathe and not be dark all the time. So I'll tell you what they're gonna do, um, and they're probably gonna steal this idea, but uh, they're welcome to. What they're gonna do is they're gonna bring back um, Sean Connery. 1963 Sean Connery and hologram version and they're gonna bring back um, 1977 Roger Moore and hologram version and they're gonna sit on a chair they're not really gonna be sitting because they're holograms so that's kind of stupid but what's gonna happen is the next Bond movie is gonna play an old Bond movie in a broken down theater and then they're gonna bring back old Q and then they're going to bring back a new queue. And then um, they're going to have them talk about what gadgets they're going to make for future Bond movies. And that's going to be called uh, The Matrix of Never Forever Tomorrow Again. Uh, and I'm going to say this. I still love Dame Judy Gent because I got you. It's funny. But you made me think of Dame Judy Gent. And she's it's awesome. awesome. Oh, she's amazing. I she's amazing. Her. I've seen her in live action theater on the film. I love Dame Judy Gent. I'm going to miss her yeah, in the box she's, she's amazing. I could not. I could not. I could not. No, no not without her. So let's let's move on to hopefully we don't get uh, Bond revelations ever again. Uh, <laughs> it's light and hard. A uh, light, 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 a light film with that just loves the action and the gadgets and and the kind of craziness that is Bond, right? Exactly. Because honestly, these Fast and Furious movies and some of these uh, other movies are taking place of Bond because they're kind of fantastical and fun and people want to see that. There's literally a market for it. People want to have fun at the movies. I know that sounds crazy, but people want to have fun at the movies. I Let mean, have I, I want to have fun at the movies. I don't want to like. I don't go. I don't go to the movies so that I can cry mm -hmm. and. Think about the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I want to see a cool car. Uh, uh, you know, James Bond got. What you know? What his relationship is this time with whatever crazy name the other person has? Like, I can fold my tongue over the legs. You know, Belovava, and you're like, okay, what? Uh, like that? Okay, that's surprising. Your parents named you that. Tungina. Like Tungina. 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 Tungina Bulova. <laughs> Boulevard, god damn it like the watch all right perverts <laughs> but you know like i want that craziness and you can gender flip it so you really want to see normally Harris doing that because i want some dude with like uh menhungus my name is menhungus and then <laughs> and that's just what's happening i want that and i want to see a cool car i want some cool gadgets you know uh i, I don't care i'm what bruce bruce hung maximus <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I want. Give that to me. <laughs> All right. Now, with that said, Rick, do you have any recommendations for them for this week? Uh, Maybe your favorite Bond film that you think that they have to go out there and watch. No, man, you know what? We've been talking so much about it. I'm going to recommend that you watch On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It was a very um, underrated film, and a lot of people, you know, hate it because it wasn't Sean Connery, and it was just the one guy, but... It wasn't a terrible film, so watch it. You might actually enjoy it. And I'm going to say, because all of you out there I know are gamers as well, watch GoldenEye. Because then you know why the 64 game, GoldenEye, was so great, was because of the movie GoldenEye. So go and watch that it. That was a great <laughs> game. Oh, my God, yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, see? And so it all starts with GoldenEye. So go and watch GoldenEye. 
So All next right. week on Cinemagic, we'll kind of be taking a look at the box office, what's coming up next. Uh, we haven't done that in a little bit, so, you know, we're going to analyze that. So we can't wait to see you next week. Hit us up on TikTok, Instagram, or uh, Twitter. Uh, on TikTok, we're Cinemagic Podcast. On uh, Inst- on Twitter, on Twitter, we're Cinemagic Podcast 1. I know it's weird. We couldn't get it. I think it's PopCat 1. But I don't know. Go to our TikTok, Cinemagic Podcast. You'll see us, our smiling faces. It's so great. Uh, and you'll be able to see our links to our Twitter and Apple iTunes everywhere else. Uh, rate rate us, subscribe, tell your friends. Write of us. Just- and and, and um, it's okay if you don't love us. We'll still love you because you probably need it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody.